Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to the pot. Yeah, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Number thirty-five, as Chris thinks it thinks it's thirty-five. Right? I think it's thirty-five. Yeah, right, we'll go with thirty-five um what's going over what's going on over in uh central pa we're getting a good dousing of rain right now it's it's pretty chilly out there it's like 66 degrees here nah, it's cooler here today it's like 78 yeah but definitely cooler but yeah it's i didn't uh i didn't really do a whole lot this week uh, as far as hunting related things you took it easy yeah I mean, I checked my plot, my fall plots. You know, it's well germinated. It's a couple inches high, maybe. And I, mean, I don't know. It's. I got pictures from my plot today uh, from the cell cams. All my yeah. beans are up about that tall. Yeah, mine's. Uh, I went over and I was kind of uh, surprised to see that there was this weed in there. And I can't remember what it's called. But uh, hopefully that sucker don't take off, man. If it does, I might have to go over and mow. You know, if it get because I can mow right over what's cut because it's only you know a couple inches tall. Mm-hmm. I can, I could set the deck down and just take the head off of all these weeds. Can't remember what it's called, Harry something or other. Just I uh, if, just wonder if I could find that. Just restart, kill it, and replant. Well, that's what a lot of people on <laughs> on the Facebook forums are asking questions right now. Oh, I've got these weeds in my fall plot. You know, what can I spray on them? It's like too late, dude. And I didn't, I didn't know I had any issues because I let that fallow for like a month, and I was pretty much weed free while it sat there. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I hit it with fertilizer. Whew, yeah stuff shot up and i was like oh boy that'll be all right i think it uh, nebraska and everything will take take over and shade that junk out but thing is if if that weed goes to head uh, i looked it up and was reading about it and it said it's very invasive and has a lot of seeds right Let's well i, I had um, the name of it while you're my, talking there all my beans and peas are up about i'd say four four to five inches uh, starting to look like a carpet there. So um, then that was planted, uh, I see, seven, eight, nine days, 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that's looking good. And I haven't had rain. It rained really good at the start of when I first planted. Um, but it's been dry the past uh, several days now. And I think we're supposed to get rain tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. A little squirt each day. It's it's called Shaggy Soldier. Okay. And let's see. Shaggy Soldier is a Peruvian daisy, hairy, oh boy, I can't even pronounce that, and a fringed quickweed, as, as it's otherwise known as. And it it just comes up and it flowers off into yellow flowers. 
and it says it's a member of the daisy family so it kind of looks like a flower out there you know but if it goes to head man look out it says uh, you'll be all right it says it has can be invasive weed that is especially harmful to organic crops the sticky seeds can hang on to livestock and people, creating an additional nuisance. Each plant can produce over 7,000 seeds. And it can reduce crop production by up to half. Nice. It's going to suck all the crap out of my... Uh, It'll suck all the moisture and... Uh, suck nutrients. it all away from my brassicas. I think the dirty deeds made it grow. Yeah. What do you think? Nah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll call up Mike and Tim and tell them dirty deeds. Mm -hmm. Well, um, what you got? Well, first of all, uh, my truck blew up. No, it didn't. Yep, my truck's blown up. That you were that you were going to buy. So Dave everybody, blowed up truck. Yes, yeah, so everybody watching uh, or listening. Chris was going to buy my truck next year sometime, and uh, it's a 2013 Dodge Ram. So now I'm currently looking to buy a new one tonight i have a few meetings uh to see what i can find out there so i won't be driving the gray dodge anymore so now maybe when i cross into other states somebody won't say hunt your own state because they won't know who i am they won't i got know a new you. i got a new truck new ride new ride coming nobody will know who i am you gonna pimp it out tint the windows no yep, one can no, see in nobody will see me no one will see the out-of-stater it'll have no stickers on it nothing nobody will know who i am I'll slap a city sticker sticker until on. well until next month when I get it logoed that says whitetail obsession land management all oh over it. Oh boy. With my cell phone number and all that jazz. Then we can crank call you. Yeah, and we can That'll prank everybody. Fun. Yeah, people can prank call me. <laughs> um real quick to knock knock it out the way. Um re the past month I've been getting a lot of uh questions and emails about land consulting and i'm getting kind of booked up for the winter next year so if anybody's wanting a, cons a land consultant uh visit for 2024 you might want to get it in um because it's getting getting filled so you can email me um visit the website there's all kinds of information on there whitetailaccessionoutdoors.com um, other than that, let's jump into today's topic on Podcast 35. Chris, what is it? Today's topic is, what did we say it was? <laughs> early. <laughs> what did you say? Early bow season? Early season. Prep? Early season or early bow season tactics. Tactics. Hey, some because guys were right asking. right around the corner and we got to get ready. Some guys were asking. I had some emails today. Dave, make a video on early season tactics or talk about it on the podcast i had a guy ask so let's bring that up you know people let's, got let's let's also compare private land to public land um because and and your season your tactics will be a little bit different than mine because pa season starts in october yeah where most of your stuff you know foliage and stuff starting to go dormant and things and my season starts september 7th so my tactics are going to be a little bit different yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a timeline to the opening day. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is um, the element of surprise is nice the first week or two 
because when you get into like the third or fourth week, you start to get a lot of foliage depletion. You know, it starts to change and the leaves are turning colors and dropping and things and you're exposed in a tree. Mm -hmm. So early season tactics is a good thing to talk about um, where I'm at. I'm like I said, it's it's you have that nice element of surprise. First of all, they're not expecting you to be there yet, you know, and you have some cover and. Man, it's it's good times to surprise a deer. What uh what kind of trees are you using over by you on on public land? Um, what kind of foliage and stuff is there? I like to use on the on the properties that I hunt. I'm trying to think. Actually, I use more pine than anything. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, because I it like has because it has a, a great background to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and, think of the think of the lucky stand at the old farm. Yeah, that was a that was that was a good tree to be in. It created a lot of. I mean, you could do us. you could do jumping jacks up that thing. Yeah, I mean we that was a crazy time, you know. When we hunted that stand, we I don't believe we ever got busted. Not one time. Do you ever remember it? I don't. Not one time. I don't think we ever got busted in that tree. It's funny you weren't there, but like I drove out there to just walk the property before I, you know, leased it or whatever. Uh And when I walked the property, I I saw that field and everything. We went down. I went down to it. I was just kind of walking around. I was seeing some deer trails and stuff. And I kind of looked in that direction. I said, let me go over there. I looked at that tree. I said, you know what? I'm putting a stand in that tree. I'm going to call it the lucky stand. And we hunted that tree for four years and we had so much action out of that tree yeah it was it was a good spot i mean that that inside corner of a field is always a hot spot you know yeah yeah there's pines and stuff they're they're good to set in um but sometimes obviously you can't do it on public land but private land you know there's there's certain pines like you might might take a little effort to you know clean it out yeah Yeah. Cause you were there when we set the stands and we had pole saw, we had to clear up the whole side of the tree to get the yeah. sticks on. Right. And we actually used, if you remember some of the branches as steps, as steps, because <laughs> yeah. we kind of had to like stagger the sticks a little bit to get up there. Um, right. But it worked, it worked perfect. A little bit of effort. Oh, yeah. You know, you can, you can get hidden pretty well. The only thing I didn't like was, man, we got covered in sap. Yeah, that was the only thing. I had stuff all over me. Yeah. And that that one seat cushion you had got trashed. Yep. That that limb we cut above the stand just ended yeah. up just dripping straight down on that that one yeah. seat. It eventually crusted over. Yeah. Um, but when you first do cut them, you do you do get some sap. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but it's not bad for sure. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what I like to use. Um. Uh, on the public land that I hunt. Um, and where are you hunting? What are you looking for that say October 1st are, you know, should somebody look for, you know, I'm sure you still have some white Oaks. You'll have some red Oaks starting to drop that time of year. Yeah. Um, are you hunting food in between bedding food? What are you hunting on public land that time of year? I am on public the land, edge. public land, public land. I am on the edge of food. And there, I hunt a mountainside, so. So it's a ridge that you're hunting. I am near the top of the ridge. So the ridge top is a white oak flat. Mm -hmm. 
And okay. so I set up on the side hill just below the ridge. And, you know. So you're hunting a they, bench off the side, off the top of the ridge. I am actually still on the hill. Okay. The, the bench is above me. Okay. And I'm on the side hill. And they work their way up. Back in the day, early 1900s. Um, <laughs> you, you were born. Back when you were born, Dave. Right. <laughs> they, uh, they timbered that section out. And, um, so you were alive at that time. So, you knew. yeah, right. right. So it was timbered out with oxen and, uh, and asses and asses. And they had some old trails that were all cut down over the hills and the deer roam those, all those switchback trails and things that worked down over the mountain to the river. Mm -hmm. So that they could haul their logs down and they could float them down the river to Pittsburgh. There's the skiffs of logs and things. Um, so I'm off of a series of logging roads and things that are all overgrown, but still passable. And I, like I said, I get on the edge of the food. Um, because if you go down over, oh my gosh, it's thick and you're not even going to get a shot. You know. So you're so you're catching the deer moving side to side over that ridge, coming from food to bedding. Yes. Yep. Mornings they're coming from food to bedding. At night they're coming from bedding to the food. Okay. And you've been yep. pretty successful with it. I mean, you got that yeah. buck back there. Yeah. This this guy here. <clears throat> um, off of there. That guy there was. You shot another one off the off the mountain. Yep. Good one. It was the other side of the saddle, but yep, yep. it was yeah. same general area. He was he was cruising. Yep. Yep. That's a I mean, that's a good PA buck. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's public land where you're at mm -hmm. in October. You're hunting yep. a transition. So the food though, it's mainly it's primarily going is white oaks. Yeah, that, it's going to be feeding on. Whites and reds. Because right, yep. there's no fields up there. There's no you know, I'm no, there's no ag around me okay, anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on a river. Mountain. It's on a river bend. It's okay. mountain the whole way, four sides. So they're just um, going to have whatever woody browse is available. I, yeah, I have, I have uh, a lot of cherry, choke cherry, um, white oak, and red oak, mm -hmm. and um, they will eat some rhododendron. You know, come winter time, <laughs> and and, and, and say, you know, say rhododendron three times. Rhododendron, rhododendron, rhododendron. Right. So uh yeah, <clears throat> they have gonna, all, all that browse. <laughs> you know. Uh and they even mushrooms. You know, sometimes they'll pick on them mushrooms. Did you see that video online where that deer was eating a snake? I seen one eat a bird. Someone yeah, had a video of it was eating a snake. Yeah, why? It's I don't weird. know. They said, I don't know nothing about it, but they said sometimes they, they gotta do that or something. I don't know. That's odd. Um, all right. So that's your public land. That's Keep the public land. Yep. That in October for you. Yep. Let's jump to me in public land September and then we'll cover private land for both okay. of us. Yep. So me, my public land season starts in Maryland, September 7th, I believe this year. It's a Friday. Mm -hmm. So me and Zach are hunting some public land the first couple days and our tactics are the public land that I'm at is 100% flat. And is primarily ag country. I mean, is it's 
huge ag fields. I'm talking hundreds of acres of ag everywhere, beans, corn, and it's very small patches of woods with hedgerows, fingers that come out. And then there's a few larger sections. Um, there's tons of white oaks. Primarily, there's a lot of uh, early successional growth areas that's very overgrown where you almost can't walk through it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of pines and, and cedars. So, and there's a lot of swamp thickets with uh, cattails. Right. So these deer are used to the cattails. They bed in them around the edges of the cattails. They're, they're very, you know, they're, they're accustomed to that. So what I look for is those pinches and funnels around the cattails that usually go out into a finger or inside corner. Um, and then I try to find the bedding to where I can kind of hunt in between all that as well. Now, in that time of year, early season, the beans are still green, but it's public land. It gets pressured. So trying to find a large mature buck out in those bean fields in the afternoon during the daylight is probably not going to happen. So I tend to stick back into the woods a little bit because they're probably going to wait till dark, you know, to get to those bean fields. So I'll stick to the woods hunting Um, afternoon or morning hunts. Obviously, you catch them coming back out of those they're probably feeding in the ag fields all night long or they're finding acorns and then i'll hunt closer to bedding um that time of year um but anything if you can find anything that time of year early season september like that where they're they're feeding on browse whatever um there's a lot of pokeweed around there um that they i we saw a couple weeks ago when we were there they were i mean they were chewing it down to the ground so anything like that you can find um obviously try to find areas get away from people do your do your scouting try to find unpressured areas sometimes it can be tough but um that's my focus last year i hunted there i shot a beautiful uh velvet buck um out of there and i was deep back into um a section of woods the furthest away from any parking lot and it was on the back side of a cattail swamp so early morning they, they came in and it actually bedded down in the swamp waited for it to come out and right around 9 30 it came out on the other side and i was able to shoot it with a bow um but that would be good you know if your season starts in early september some season start in august public land look for areas away uh from parking lots how far back do you think you was Dave? So on that spot where I shot that buck, I was 1.3, 1.3 miles away from any parking lot. Okay. 1.3 miles. And we walked that in the morning, mm-hmm. opening, opening morning, I shot that buck. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we're going to do again this year when we go, you know, we're right. going to be, you know, I got some areas picked out. We'll kind of go there, get there early, try to find far away areas corners pinch points um cattail swamps try to get them you know where they work around those swamps sometimes they go through them um if it's not too thick and it's not like really really swampy um like you know sometimes they dry up a little bit but um september that's what i'm looking for some kind of food green food source uh if you have the cattail swamps look for that and then um you know try to find something far away 
from any parking lot that that nobody wants to go to because right. what i've learned over that's the a years key. Is, that's a key thing right now i mean <clears throat> people i hate to say lazy but they're lazy well most punters are lazy i mean they don't want to go very far and hey i don't i don't blame them <laughs> it sucks <laughs> when you have to drag a deer out or something yeah, but, right but if you look at the most successful people um they're doing something that nobody else does right if you really think about it you know they're they're going out of the way they're they're putting more time in scouting um or they're just going to some remote area that is overlooked by most people so that's uh that's public land for two different time frames on when it starts so now why don't you jump into some private land deer hunting okay same time frame when your season starts in october where are you hunting on private land okay private land i have the luxury of having a field across the street from me here and it is actually it was owned by family so um they do not do anything with with the farm anymore so i was given the ability to be able to put in plots so there is no more ag around me all the old farmers have passed or quit or just uh there's no ag anywhere no the younger generation just isn't doing anything with the with the area anymore how close do you think the closest ag field is well if if i have to just take a guess i would say there is some corn down the road probably two miles okay which is accessible to them Although I'm sure they're there at some point. Yeah, I'm sure they're going there, but that'll be picked soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it'll be gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there will be some remnants, but it's not going to be that big of an attractant. You know, they'll start uh, towards the third, fourth week of October. They're going to start going, you know, kicking into pre rut and they're going to start roaming anyhow and get away from that food. Mm -hmm. So what does attract them to my field is. I have a lot of room, I have a lot of food, and I have a lot of dough. So eventually, the bucks will show. And they've been there all summer eating. They know it's there. What you're saying is you have a dough factory. Yeah, I have created a dough factory at the farm. Okay. Which I'm all right with. All right, as long as you're okay with it. (laughs) Because where those doughs are, those bucks will come. They will show. Yes, they will. So I, my strategy there is <clears throat> there's a couple really good trails that come in to the plots that I plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're coming out of, if I remember right, probably a section of woods that's primarily like pines. Yeah, there, there's, there's a section of pines. Uh, it's a strip that is probably 100, maybe 100 yards wide. And then beyond it is some regular hardwoods. Mm-hmm. And there's also a swamp down there beyond Ed's. And you know who Ed is. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's the neighboring farm next to us. Beyond Ed's, that's swamp. Out that towards goes, the stop sign. Yeah, that goes all the way out towards the hard road. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't know how many acres and acres of swamp down in there. Gotcha. So, so you're pulling them out of there. Yeah, I'm sucking them up out of the neighbors. I'm sucking them out of the swamp. And so, you know, 
it's always like first day of you know it's like christmas time all the time on you know when you start hitting pre-rut and rut time because man you don't know what's showing up Mm -hmm. you know those deer laid in that swamp all summer never even showed their head unless it was dark you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know, I've already got some really good ones on camera, and I showed you some of those pictures this week. I've got some some deer that are almost shooting worthy, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Because, uh, you know, I've had the plots in, you know, three and a half, four years or whatever now, and I've never shot a deer there. Well, you've never shot a buck. Yeah, I've, I've never shot a buck. I've passed and passed and passed on yes. everything. Um, a couple of the right. neighbors did shoot some, but yeah. Well, let's, so let's, let's talk about that real quick because I see some guys that'll say, well, like let's, let's, for instance, you, you have that little piece there. It's just one place that you hunt. Mm-hmm. You have not shot a buck there in three years, but yet you're doing food plots and everything like that. Yeah. So I see somebody, somebody would say, oh, well you have private land, you have food plots. You're doing something wrong because you should be shooting bucks. Well, let's, let's break it down. You can't shoot what's not there. Right. Some areas are just, I mean, your area, there is, it's not a buck area. You know, I, so you passed, you, you, you passed them for a couple years and now all of a sudden you have bucks to shoot. Now, all of a sudden I've got a buck factory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You should see. You've had bucks there. Just yeah, small. I've had I've had like spikes and like three you had four, points four, and yeah, stuff. Four pointers you know? and stuff. I've had those for years, you know. But now, now you got bigger ones. Now they're growing up, and I've got some respectable bucks there. Um, but that's what know, it takes, is what I'm saying. Like, oh yeah, for sure. You for can't sure. shoot. You can't shoot what's not there. Well, you know, when someone says you have a doe factory, well, guess what? Those does are having. A lot of them are having fawns, and there's buck fawns in them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they look like a doe standing there with the with the other ones. But you know, if you have a doe that has two fawns, statistically, you know, one of them could be a buck. A lot of times, twins they're either two does or two button bucks. You know. Um, so yeah, all this passing over to three and a half, four years that I've been planting Mm -hmm. now it's, it's almost payday, man. And if I don't shoot something this year over there, next year is just going to be phenomenal. Well, even if you pick one to shoot this year, I might, you still still have other ones that will still be good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some of those pictures I sent you. There's multiple, there's like four or five at a, at a time. Mm-hmm. Did I send you that one with them sparring already? Yeah. That is crazy. Why are they sparring? I mean, yeah. They're getting, they're getting fired they're up. They're getting itchy, man. They're getting itchy. Yep. So, you know, they can and smell literally, it. literally, they, literally they might be itchy. That stuff might be ready. I've seen can, uh, people already posting pictures of, uh, of, 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 uh, velvet off. There's, they smell it in the air. Yeah. It's, it's on its way folks. Yep. It's on its way. So that's your breakdown over there. You know, you're, you're hunting, you know, the swamp areas, you're pulling the deer out of that patch yeah. of woods into mm-hmm. your plots. You have, you know, daylight too, right? Daylight. Do you have any oaks there? 
on that side? Oh, yeah. There's a ton of oaks right there. White oaks? Yes, white. So they also got that, which mm-hmm. I think helps because, you know, they're eating the they're eating the acorns and stuff, hard yeah. to digest. They come out to your plots, get some moisture-ridden, you know, lettuce, and yeah. uh, and to wash it down. Right. So it, it, it's really a good scenario um, over sure. there. It's a good setup. Yeah. You got some screening over there as well. For the, yep. To block access and you know uh separate some deer and, and stuff like that yeah yeah i i have to do that for yeah. sure so my situation on on private land my farm in in western pa again it's all ag country which is completely different from my old farm which was big woods i mean big woods no ag just big big woods so this is a completely different setup um, it's, I mean, thousands of acres of ag. Um, there's probably where I'm at the rest of the woods it connects to, I would say it's probably 300 acres and then it's all surrounded by ag. And then there's also little fingers that go out, you know, they can obviously cross the road, go to other yeah. woods and stuff. But, um, that time of year, early in October, the crops are still up. The corn and, and beans are still up. Beans are, you know, faded out. They're brown, turning brown and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have some food plots there. Um, but there's so much land there, ag, the deer could be anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, you, it's a little hard to pattern them. It would be. Um, because they could be anywhere. Now, I have done a lot of features on that property. Um you know, I have two water holes. I did a lot of timber cutting last winter. I have two food plots, um, you know, some mock scrapes from travel corridors we put in. So they're used to the area now. You know, I have a lot of bucks on camera coming through, visiting, you know, the travel corridors, the water mm-hmm. holes and stuff. Um, so early season like that, I'm hunting the edges because those deer aren't very far from the food plot. So I'm hunting the edges, catching them coming out to the food. Um, easy, you know, easy access, not, not pushing too much into the woods. Now the backside of the property, I have probably about an acre now, probably a half acre bedding area, pretty, pretty big area. I did a lot of cutting in. I did some girdling. Um, there's a lot of sunlight in there, regrowth and the deer are in there big time bedding. And I have one tree stand on the outside of that, right on the outside with a travel corridor that wraps around. I save that stand. I'm saving it. I have a cell cam there. Once the rut probably hits, I won't touch that stand until then. When I start, you know, when a rut kicks in, you know, bucks are going to be in there, scent checking and, you know, all that. So I can get in there and and sit majority of the day Mm -hmm. um, for that setup. So I won't go push. I won't push the limits until later into the year so early season i'm hunting the edges i don't really have much oaks now there is oaks on neighboring properties there's a bunch of pines and cedars and stuff i don't have none of that either um but i have created a lot of regrowth on my side with some hinge cuts and you know uh flush cuts and uh girdling and stuff where allowed more sunlight and um and all that stuff and last year following this tactic i was able to shoot my target buck which uh you know you saw pictures of it um 
but it was a buck we called 210. Um, but he was there all summer long. He disappeared a little bit in October, but then he came back in November and I was able to shoot him opening day of rifle season, um, which there's a lot of people in that area. I know that was after that buck and all said and done, he stayed within my area right. um, because I didn't enter the woods. You know, I didn't push, didn't spook him out, didn't, you know, do anything like that. So, um, you know, whether it's public or private, um, you have to be careful with, with pressure public, you know, it's so much public land that you can, you know, screw up an area and you just go find a new area, right? Private land. You have to more, be more cautious because if you screw yeah. up your 40 acres, where else do you go? Yeah. Um, so that's why I just, I'd like sticking, sticking on the edges, waiting, waiting to push my limits. Until See, that's, that's what cracks me up when someone says, Oh, like you were saying earlier, uh, you've, you've, you're private land and you got plots. That's too easy. You can, well, it's, it's not easy. No, it, it's not any easier because if you pond the crap out of that spot, it's done for you either ruin it that way or exiting at night. You know, like we were talking last week on a podcast, how I have to exit sometimes, mm. you know, and bump. You can only bump them so many times before they don't come back in the daylight. Or you know, at all. Or at all. It might take you know. them a couple of weeks or something to come back. But yeah, I have a few stands, like you were just mentioning, that I don't access till around Certain. Halloween time. Right. Yeah. You just let them let them uh, let yep. them simmer and just then let them simmer. And I got a cam up, camera back there. there. And yep, when it when it starts to be time for them to start chasing phase, you know, I love to go back there and and hunt that spot. Um, I've been using a lot of mock scrapes the last two years mm -hmm. and that seems to be helping um i don't know i never used to use mock scrapes before but i've uh grown to like them i know you used to use them a lot i don't know you mm -hmm. still using them yeah still use mock scrapes yeah. yeah i i've grown to like them a lot lately and uh they're good for inventory yeah, it's great for inventory, you know. Uh, it tells you what's in the area, and, and like I said, you can't hunt what's not there, so it's a good indication of what's there. I, I don't I don't like to waste my weekends or my one night I can hunt in an area that there's nothing there. Well, I, I want to say one last thing um, before we wrap it up, but that's uh, trail cameras. Now, I, I know some people that put a trail camera out, you know, they, you know, it's probably in a good area, um, but the camera is not really showing much. Yeah. But what I can tell you is, I, I know some people guys that will put a trail camera out. They won't get no pictures. They won't hunt the area. Horrible idea, because that camera is only seeing a small portion. Yeah. What happens if that deer is just moving five feet off cam to where you can't, you know, or walking so, behind it, walking behind whatever <laughs> it is. But don't rely on that camera 100 percent because a lot of them cell cams you know i've they miss pictures like it, you just don't get them so i wouldn't rely on it's a good indication you can you can use but just because there's nothing on the camera i know this for a fact don't rely on that 100 percent right give it a chance it, it could just be that camera could be you know ever so off the path of that animal the wrong height's not pointed 
angled down, whatever it is, deer walking under it where it's on, kind of on a hill, whatever it is. Um, but just give it a chance, and I think you'll be I think yep. you'll be surprised. Yep. Episode thirty-five. Yeah, we better wrap this one up. Yeah, it's a long one, but uh, we want to get it out there because seasons. I mean, shoot, it's two it's weeks right away. Around the corner, man. For me and it for me. For you, anyway. yeah. Yeah. Well. Third week of September is my first hunt with the bears. So right, so we got season I, coming. I gotta get a new truck and uh, oh, get, re- get ready for hunting season here. Yeah. So everybody, wish me luck on finding a truck and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And um, yeah. Good luck. All right, everybody. That's thirty-five in the books. All right. Sundays at five every week. Subscribe YouTube. to our channels. Yep, YouTube. Look us up. Instagram. We have both have Instagrams, YouTube. Yeah. What else you group, got? We got, got some something group, else? We got some group chats going on there. Group chats. Yeah, and then uh, again, if anybody wants some land management done, uh, we do the work, bedding areas. We do every we can do everything for you. Um, consult, write you up a plan and all that. And uh might even get Chris out there this year, twenty twenty four a little bit. And Fix uh you up. Yeah, just get a hold of me and we'll get you set up. 